I had this revelation recently where I have always been, you know, I'm grateful for my experiences. Yes. Um, but the one that I had most recently, which is more of an, a growth, an evolution of that thought is that I also wouldn't change anything. I think that's a really, for me, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a big place to be because it's been really hard. There's been a lot of things that have been challenging and, um, but I wouldn't change anything because it's led me to here. I believe that each and every one of us has the power within ourselves to create the life that we really want. And I wanna help give you the tools to make that happen. I'm Danica Patrick, and I'm Pretty Intense. Okay, we're back for uh, the second part of my top 20 lessons of 2020. Probably could be 100 deep, but I came up with the top 20. Uh, last week was um, number 20 down to 11, and this week we're gonna go go 10 down to one. And the thing is those, the, I wanted, I was trying to put them in order, but honestly, it's very difficult. There's there, they have their significance. They, they climb to the top at different points in time of when you need them. So I don't know, they're out of order. They're in they're They're no particular, no particular order at all. Um, but they are all significant lessons. So let's get into it. Okay. Number 10, uh, the power of cold water. I interviewed Wim Hof this year and, um, you know, one thing that I have realized more well, that I, I got, maybe, maybe it's a little more conscious now is that, uh, you know, I, I, it's, I'm fairly brave, but there are some things that are issues like as blocks or things I don't go, go towards. And one of them is sure as hell cold water. <laughs> so, so I thought, you know what, is this probably something I should lean into? Um, and, uh, he says a shower, a cold shower day keeps the doctor away. So, I mean, especially in 2020, isn't that something we all want to do? Um, so I've started taking cold showers, um, ever since I interviewed him and, um, my pool at the house is really, really cold. So, um, in the, in the, in the non-summertime in Arizona, it's, it's down into the fifties. And so I've been using that as my cold plunge, but I, I guess there's two parts of it. One is the sort of, um, the sort of internal benefits that it creates that are like not seen essentially, if it, you know, ups your, um, um, you know, resilience to, um, you know, viruses and things like that. Um, but mood and skin and all kinds of various other things. But the other one is just, just leaning into the difficulty and expanding my own comfort zone of being uncomfortable, uh, which is kind of the name of the game for me. So anyway, cold water, it's been something that I have realized I can do now. So, oh yeah, me. Uh, number nine, <laughs> I didn't realize how easygoing I was until I was single. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I've always been a really go with the flow person, but I also am strong. So I guess what I've realized is that maybe my, uh, like triggers got in the way and things like that, that would make me feel like I had like kind of put me or more on edge, um, and maybe created some resistance or, um, you know, less easy breezy flowiness 
even though I am always up for anything, maybe my mood wasn't exactly there, but I, I am, I am friggin' easy breezy. Like I'm up for anything and I just don't have any more bad days anymore. And I'm super grateful to recognize that in myself, because as I've been in relationships for 16 years straight, pretty much, um, I kind of didn't know where I was in all that. Am I easygoing? Am I not? Am I too uptight? Am I too controlling? Um, am I too opinionated? Am I too easygoing? Do I not stand up for myself enough? Like, where did I fall in all that? So I feel like it's it's shown me me. Um, okay, number eight. I also didn't know how good at being alone I was until I was alone. This goes towards... Um, this goes, this is maybe not necessarily like a super fundamental lesson as much as it's sort of taught me about myself. So it has been, you know, it's not like get in the cold water and that could apply to anyone, but this is a lesson I've learned in myself and that, um, a lesson in confidence and, um, to not fear the unknown. And again, like I had just said, I hadn't been alone in 16 years, so I didn't know how to do it. And what I realize is that I'm really, really good at it and it's not a problem and it's very comfortable. And I'm like, oh man, I kind of like my space now. So <laughs> I'm sure that, uh, you know, in the future um, that could change, but, um, but for now I just, I've realized how good at being alone I am. And, and it's always a space that even when I was, uh, living in North Carolina, I, I described that as a time where I really learned a lot about myself too. Cause I, I spent a lot of time alone there. Um, I did have some space there for sure. And especially space as in land. So, um, but I, I realized in sort of the quiet days, um, not moments, but days, uh, what, what do I want to do if I could do anything? And it's in those spaces where you start to learn and figure out what it is that you actually want to do. There's so much of the time that we end up conforming and sh shape shifting and compromising and giving up ourself to appease others. And, um, I, I mean, it's, I get it. It's hard. Cause you know, I also find joy in making someone else happy. So it's a fine line. Um, but it's in being alone that you really learn who you are. And I'm grateful for that. Number seven, the memories of, a, of the past kept us hooked into repeating the same thing in the future. So this is sort of like a reframing of karma. And, um, it's that imagine, cause I'm pretty visual. So imagine like you're standing in the middle and on both sides of you is a timeline of your past and then a timeline of your future. And so imagine now that as you have these, this timeline of the past, if you're thinking about the past, it can't help, but then become your future. You're not thinking about anything else. And so it is in letting go and sort of allowing yourself to think greater than those memories or think different than those memories about what it is that you want, um, that you can then create the new future. Otherwise, as you think about the past, you create them in the future. And then what do you want? A karmic wheel. I was like, oh man, that was just such a a good clarifying visual of how we keep creating our future by thinking thoughts of the past. Um, Got to get beyond yourself, as my friend Joe Dispenza would say. Okay, number six. 
<laughs> this one's tough. <laughs> Everyone is reflecting back to you who you are and what needs healing. <sighs> I mean, this is a big concept. It's a concept of mirroring. And, um, but, you know, as we sort of walk through life and um, we get uh, triggered, that trigger is just showing us something that's unhealed in ourself, but it's being shown to us through that person. Um, so like, for instance, I would say that something I judge in people is that the, um, is that uh, like if they're lazy, let's say, but it's because, and so I'm going to pull in number five because number five actually in this list is what we judge is what we deny in ourselves. So in this reflection and this sort of understanding of the judgment then that comes in because we're triggered, uh, what it's really showing us is something that we deny in ourselves and that, um, you know, for me in that specific example, let's say of being judging someone that's lazy, it's because I deny myself the ability to be lazy. So if someone is being lazy, I'm triggered because it's an aspect of myself that I deny and that needs healing and needs balancing. So yeah, looking at the people in your life, especially the closest ones to you and especially in relationships, you know, what is it that's triggering you and, 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 and looking at that trigger as a teacher. And that's really the truth. Because as we've healed that aspect, let's say now, let's fast forward to a place where I now have a really healthy balance with resting and um, uh, <clears throat> being what I would maybe label as lazy, but let's just call it resting and um, uh, recovering and healing and, um, you know, uh, you know, whatever, resting. Uh, then if I do that with myself now, if somebody else is doing that, I can see the aspect that they may need that. That might be exactly what they need right now. And now I'm healed and I'm not triggered by it. So you can see how if somebody does something that you judge, there's work to be done. Um, that's been <clears throat> a really helpful teacher for me because it is hard, right? You're, you're just you, you, you don't, <laughs> it's hard to really see yourself. So that's why the world shows up as a mirror to show us ourself. So we know where to look, where, where are the weaknesses, where are the wounds? And then we can go to work on them because we, we, as an eye don't, it's hard to see those things within ourselves. So it's the people that, that produce, that provide the mirror. So lovingly, of course. <laughs> Number four on the top 20 countdown of lessons is the body holds emotions and trauma uh, and the mind is part of that puzzle. So, so the body holds emotions and trauma. I started doing some, well, I've actually, you know, always had massages, but I started getting into sort of a new aspect of body work. She was working on my back and she was, she was, she was get, going after the spot and it just wasn't going away. And she said to me, if this spot had a sound, what would it be? Give the spot a sound. And I was like, mm, okay. I don't know what that means, but I was like, all right. So you kind of lay in there and as she's, you know, working, I'm like, I let, let out like this, uh, you know, 
And it just sounds, it's so uncomfortable, right? It's such an odd thing. And so I kind of let it out and it wasn't really maybe authentic. Um, and then, um, then the next time I did was much more like, it was like, I couldn't control it. It just kind of came out and much more, more of it. And after I did that, I started crying. I started bawling and I was like, wow, that was the craziest thing to have sort of this, um, frequency, essentially the sound activate this wound in me and, um, this emotional, the stuck energy. And so <clears throat> I've since then gone more times and it happens again and again. I'm not, it doesn't, I don't go in with the expectation of it. Um, in fact, the last time it didn't cry, but I definitely had a lot of information come through, through different in different parts of the body. Um, but understanding this idea that when we have an experience, um, that is strong enough to create an emotion, a feeling that if you don't get rid of that through saying it, um, processing it, um, therapy or talking to the person or wh whoever, or whatever the moment was, and you just keep it inside that it's stuck and it's stuck as in like, I imagine, and again, I'm not a doctor. I don't know. I just kind of use my imagination for how to process the crap in my life, but I kind of imagine it as being like balls of energy that are just stuck in my body. And, um, the, the sound is like, the door to the emotion. And I also experienced this with another, um, another practice that I have, which is this, um, this, this, this class called the class and it's with Taryn Toomey. And she started doing this a long, long time ago in New York. And, you know, obviously with everything going on, um, you know, they have an, a digital platform and an app now, so it's easy. So I just put it on my computer and do it. Um, but these are, you know, 45 minutes to an hour long and it's moving around to music. Like you have a repetitious move and, um, and then there's some sort of verbal prompting and, 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 and then you're also getting audible. So you're sort of making sounds. And I really feel like this is the, 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 the sound, the vibration, the frequency like opens up these wounds. It's like a door and all of a sudden out flooding comes the emotion. And so I think that maybe some people can identify with the idea that, you know, when you say things out loud, that there is a charge to them. It's like, you know, if you have an issue with somebody, your voice starts to shake when you tell them or something that you're scared of and you tell someone that you love and all of a sudden you start crying and you can't or you can't hold it back or you're trying to. Um, there's more there. And it's like I think that it's so important that we start to all, including myself, which has been such a process this year, but I'm feeling much better about it all. In fact, like a good cry now, um, but get more in touch with those feelings and those process, the processing of it and, and letting yourself get emotional. Um, dare I say, I actually like having a good cry now. It feels good. It feels clearing. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I also think is just an expansion on this concept and idea is that here in 2020, we're just in this we're just in an, we're just in an era where, you know, <clears throat> especially for men, it's, you know, it's being asked to, to show up in that way. It's being asked to, to feel your feelings and to get in touch with them and to balance out 
you know, your masculine and feminine side, as well as for women and their masculine and feminine. But I think that in emotions and feeling is being called right now and feeling into your body. And, um, and I, and I, and I know it, it's, it's, um, it's not comfortable, but I will say that in, in, in doing it, you find comfort in the discomfort. It's, um, it becomes more familiar. Um, it's like an old, it's like a, it's a, it's a teacher. It's a, it's a friend, it's a teacher. Um, but I think that we, that's what's being asked of us this year, but especially for men to feel those feelings, communicate, cry. <laughs> um, okay. Number three on the list. Everyone has childhood trauma. Boom. I said it. It's true. I had a great childhood. I love my parents. They're wonderful human beings. Um, and it doesn't mean, though, that there aren't things that happened that I didn't need to deal with later on. It's like sim it's quite simply this. You know, you're going to love them. You're going to love your kids too much or too little. One or the other. Right. I mean, there's just it's hard. You can't nail that. You can't nail it. And, um, you know, you can definitely give them tools though. I think that's part, that's definitely something you can do, but, but, but basically I feel like this whole idea that everyone is childhood trauma. I think that maybe trauma is the word that needs to be, um, sort of understood in a much more, uh, acceptable way. Like I remember when I went home for the summer that, when I said the word trauma, it, it's, it triggers, like, it sounds horrible. It's like, you know, your arm didn't get cut off. Did it? You know, you didn't, you know, <laughs> these horrible things didn't happen. You're still you got, you know, 10 fingers, 10 toes. You're well, you know, it's like trauma is not like a car accident. Trauma just means that something happened in your reality that was big enough for you to create an emotion as a result. It didn't just, it didn't just sort of come in your mind and out. It didn't just sort of have a flow in and out. It sat, it sat in you. It, it sunk in, it took root. And, um, and that's a trauma. Um, so, uh, it's, it, there, there, we all have them wounds, whatever you want to call them. And the quicker that we admit that there's, there's unpacking that can and should need to be done with, um, the patterning of, you know, how we were raised. And that's just it is it's like, do you love your patterns? And that's what I was asking the question of. It's like, do I like this pattern? And if I don't, how do I fix it? And it's in the, it's in that exploration of the root cause of the pattern, which is almost always going to lead you back to childhood that you can find it. So if true healing comes from pulling it out by the root, not by band-aiding it, not by, you know, showing up at your therapist as a couple and going like, okay, well, tell her how you feel and tell him, you know, it's like, that's a band-aid, right? Get out of there. You, you go see your own person. You go see your own person. And everybody like, let's get, you get down to it for yourself. Heal yourself to heal your relationships, all of them. Um, again, to, as you know, pulling other aspects of what I've learned in to pull back in those aspects of like, what am I judging? What triggers me, um, to heal yourself so that you're not, you're not in that space anymore. You have more good days. Okay. Number two, 
Okay. Number two and number one are, again, they're not in particular order, but I, but I'm, I am saving sort of bigger concepts for the very end here as I did in the last episode. Um, so bear with me. There's a, there's an idea that if you, if you can't explain something simply, you don't understand it well enough. So I'm just going to go ahead and say that these are new, these are concepts that I could probably work on for the rest of my life. Um, so I'm going to try and try and do the best I can to explain and explore these ideas that might um, might be meaningful to you um, or might make you just get to thinking and, and, and what your relationship is with them. Um, but OK, number two, uh, duality is part of the whole. OK, so it's this idea like if someone were to ask me what I thought that we are here to as humans experience. I would say that that is to experience duality. But the goal or the idea is to end up being able to um, have oneness, which is more towards, you know, enlightenment. Um, when When you are connected wholly to everything, oneness. So, in my year, um, as for many, it's been a lot has happened and it's created an expansion of my own experiences. Um, so it's like as if I'm inside of this bubble, inside of this circle, but I'm I'm isolated to the middle. Like I, I I'm not I haven't I haven't experienced enough uh, outside of my little area to recognize that they're all inside the bubble as in the whole. So this year I've had more expanding experiences into deep, deep sadness and sadness and, uh, you know, brokenheartedness and confusion and lack of self-worth and um, lack of purpose and all kinds of, you know, really, really hard aspects. But then on the other hand, what's been beautiful is, is, is experiencing joy at a sporadic moment doing next to nothing, just sort of being. And whether it's like being in nature or being in my house or being with myself or just like, I don't know, it's like a wave that comes over me of just like feeling this joy of like, it's hard to put it into words, um, but just feeling perfect in the moment. And um and so I've experienced this sort of <clears throat> more, the, 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 the center of this bubble is expanding and growing and I'm getting towards those edges more, closer and closer and closer. And in it, recognizing that um, all these other people that I might not have been able to relate to in certain emotions or experiences, now I have now experienced them. So again, it's showing me that in this duality, it's part of the whole, like, you know, and that, that, that we're all part of that same thing, you know, as I've experienced more aspects, it's allowed me to relate to more people, which means that, you know, we're not that different. And so, um, it's in this duality that I exist in both, right. I exist in grief and I exist in joy and it's all part of the whole, like it's all there. It's, it's one end of the spectrum. It's just, you know, it's about finding sort of the balance of where you want to be in the middle of it. It's why, you know, like, you know, people go to extremes. It's, it's, um, it's just touching, touching the, touching the edges of this and, um, and, uh, 
and finding yourself and that you're all of it. You're right. Like I know I'm rambling on, but again, like I said, bear with me because these are concepts that are kind of new to me, but the simplistic words of it is just that within duality, you exist on both ends of the spectrum. And so that is helping me understand oneness by expanding my experiences. Okay. Now we're going to land at number one on my top 20 lessons of 2020. So this is even more complicated to explain, but maybe I can be be concise. So it's the idea that we're all divine. We are all God. And before I lose anybody too much, (laughs) let's get talking because it's triggering. I think this idea, especially when it comes to religion is like, it's blasphemous or um, uncomfortable. And I'd ask, what is the discomfort in that? Is the discomfort that now you recognize your power that you recognize um, what you could be. Um, and so the thing that's got me to understand this or think this is the idea that, and I listen to a lot of Abraham Hicks. I don't know if anybody else does, but if you don't, I love listening to Abraham Hicks. She is, um, her real name is Esther Hicks, but Abraham is who she channels. So it's channeled information. Um, but there's a lot of talk about, um, feeling good and sort of, you know, if something doesn't feel good, then, you know, that's, it's out of resonance. It's not, it's not on your frequency. It's not meant for you. And so, um, if we're to sort of use that as, as an indicator, God is love. I feel like that's something that most everyone can agree on. And if God is love, love is always, love is whole and happy and pure and joyful. And um, it's all those really good feelings. So now if you experience something, you know, anger, mad triggers, whatever, it doesn't feel good, right? Why doesn't it feel good? It's because it's really not you at your core. It's just like when you look at someone and um, like your kids, maybe, uh, you know, and you just see them past all of their issues. You see them past their, you know, hating you. <laughs> I hate you, mom. Um, or, you know, uh, not wanting to be around you or whatever it is or something that they do or say. And you just still love them because, you know, you see them for who they you see their essence, their true self. You you can sort of feel the divinity within them. And anything else is just not really them. It's an adolescence. It's, uh, it's uh, you know, growing pains. It's whatever. But it's not really them. It's part of the learning experience. And so, like, let's just sort of extrapolate that out to every everything. It's that if it's not, if it doesn't make you feel good, if it makes you uncomfortable, if it makes you feel shameful, if it makes you feel um, angry, um, regretful, um, any of those kinds of things, it's really not you at your core. And so for me, that's what I've, I've sort of been exploring into is like, man, how can I love someone better? It's like, I have this example, this, this story, um, about being in my neighborhood and, um, out walking my dogs and, uh, this guy was mad about my dogs being off their leash and, 
he's like, Hey, they should be on a leash. And I don't really like to put them on leashes, even though they have an electric collar. I was like, Hey, I have them on an electric collar. If that makes you feel better. And, um, then another day I was walking and as I'm sort of wrapping around back to the house and <clears throat> they're off the leashes and I can see him looking at me and I sort of energetically give this whole, like, what are you looking at? Like, they're fine. And he's looking at me with this energy of, <laughs> of like, your dogs are off leashes and I'm watching you. And so I get back to the house and the next day my house manager shows up and she goes, so got a call from the homeowners. And I said, dogs off leash. And she goes, yeah. And I was like, mm, I know, I know, I know who it was. So anyway, uh, within probably a week of that, I went out for, oh, I was out running with my dog and doing some short interval running things. And I wasn't going very far, but he was out. There was a guy outside walking and I thought, you know, um, I'll run on this side of the street and then we go by and turn around. And, and I was like, Hmm, could this be the guy down the street or not? I had that feeling. And then I was like, I don't know. He seemed like he wasn't very happy. He probably is not out for a nature walk then. <laughs> and um, so I, I, I went by and I turned around because I was just running like a 400 meter run. And I turned around and I could see he was right behind me now. And he has phone out as if he was sort of like held it up, sort of like as if he was taking a picture and then put it back down. So I, I turned around and I stopped and I looked at him. But adding this, interjecting this information from when I heard that he, that there was a report to the homeowners, um, to this moment, I kept thinking to myself, you know what? Don't fight this. Like, just don't fight this. How can I love this human better? If it is that important for him to have the dogs on leash, which seems, you know, and, and call the homeowners, like he has bigger issues and I don't know what they are, but I'm going to just try and see how I can love this human better. And so I'm like, I'll put them on leashes from now on and I'm going to smile at him, right? Like, I'm just going to smile at him, say hi. And at least he can go, well, she seems pretty nice. I guess maybe I overreacted. I don't know. <laughs> so now take me back, going back to the moment when the dog was, when, you know, I turned around and saw him, I stopped and I looked at him and I was like, hi, my name is Danica. I was like, what's your name? And he's like, oh, so-and-so. And I said, oh, I said, well, where do you live? And he said, oh, I live down the street. And sure enough, it's the house. And I was like, oh, I was like, you're the, you're the guy. I'm like, you're, you're the one that was uncomfortable with my dogs off the leash. I said, um, I, I just want you to know that whenever I go by now, I put them on leashes and it's true. Um, it's just that I wasn't going that far because I was running a short distance. So I was turning around. Um, but when I go by, I put them on leashes. I was like, I just want you to know, I, I have no problem with that. It's okay. He's like, oh, you know, it's just, you know, my, um, my, uh, my dogs, uh, they're just, yip, they bark a lot. And, um, you know, I love dogs. And, and I said, yeah, that's okay. He's like, I'm, just, I'm so glad we're having this conversation. And I said, yeah, it's, it's not a problem. And, um, so anyway, we said bye and carried on. And, um, you know, that picture, as I think he took a picture of me with my dog, not on a leash when I was running, nothing happened with it. And sure enough, now it's like a wave. Hello, like, Oh, nice to see you. And all I did was think to myself, how could I love this human better? And that's how, you know, if we're going to pull religion back in, that's how kind of God sees everything. It sees everything whole, pure and love, always forgiving. And in fact, not even needing to forgive because there's no judgment. And so how can we love each other better? And it's like to see the divinity in each of us. And it's there. Like, how can I love this human better? How can I love it from that space of unconditional, pure love? How can I 
how can I see the divinity? And um, anyway, it's given me a guidance system to my own emotions and and the things that have, that go on on a day-to-day basis. It's like, if it makes me uncomfortable, it's just not me. It's not me at my core. And it's still something that I need to work on and heal. So um, totally a work in progress, always, always working. Um, but it's been a really transformative 2020. And, um, you know, I, I'm going to share this. Um, <laughs> I had this revelation recently where I have always been, you know, I'm grateful for my experiences. Yes. Um, but the one that I had most recently, which is more of an, a growth an evolution of that thought is that I also wouldn't change anything. I think that's a really, for me, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a big place to be because it's been really hard. There's been a lot of things that have been challenging And, um, but I wouldn't change anything because it's led me to here and, um, and I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for having 20 lessons of 2020 that I can share. And, um, maybe, maybe hopefully some of them hit home. Maybe some of them will plant a seed. Maybe some of them will be an expansion of something that you've already been thinking about. Um, and maybe you'll never listen to me again. I have no idea. And it's okay. It's all okay. It's all, we're all doing everything we can on the journey. And even when we or someone else that we care about is, you know, seemingly off, it's all leading to truth. Even in sort of those derailing moments that people have in those detours, the truth always comes out, right? The truth about how someone feels, what you should be doing, where you should be, what's meant for you. It finds a way. And uh, there's definitely one thing is that the universe is persistent at you getting to a better place. And it comes sort of knocking softly and then it breaks down the door and then it burns your house down. So, you know, say yes to the growth before your house has to burn down. But you know what? Sometimes it's just got to happen. And that's like, extreme alchemy. And, you know, it's transformative and you can never be the same person, but in the best way. So I hope that everyone can look at 2020 and find the gems. And, um, and sometimes it's, you know, it's like a diamond it's through pressure it's, it's made. And so, uh, I, I hope that there people have, um, been able to turn into diamonds this year through the pressure and learn and grow and expand, Um, but the journey's never over. It's never done. You can't get it. You you can't get it wrong and it's never done. It's just a journey. So here's to 2021 being, um, (laughs) maybe a journey that has just a little more joy in it. Yeah. And a little more freedom and a little less masks. (laughs) All right. Thanks guys for listening. Thanks everybody for listening to the Pretty Intense podcast today. I hope you enjoyed it. If you like what you heard today and you want to hear more, please click on the subscribe button.